When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've heard of the show Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Well, this is kind of like that, but more along the lines of comedians in Chris's living room smoking weed. You're listening to the Green Room Podcast. Just like the last episode that we published, it's been a while. I think it was like back in February when the last episode went online. The last one I heard. Yeah, Hillsburn. Uh, was with us. Great folks. They're actually going to be coming up at Canadian Music Week in Toronto in a matter of weeks. Uh, I highly recommend catching them. They are probably one of the um, gems of the East Coast music scene right now that are are not entirely discovered by the rest of the country. So I was really happy to have them and I'm hoping to catch up with them in the coming weeks. Confirm and agree. Great bunch of guys. Great band. Thank you. Uh, Baker's in, in the green room today. I'm glad that you're here because uh, I've reorged the studio uh, since Hillsburn were here like a month and a half ago, we did the the podcast in the garage slash on the couches here in the green room basement area. But uh, I've actually set up like a little broadcast desk, a little broadcast booth. And Baker, you, um, what what's you went to school for engineering, right? Sound I took engineering. Producing, yeah, I, I saw they signed up. They said you want to be an engineer, and I was like, dude, who doesn't want to drive a train? But it was music engineering. But I did it. I loved yeah, you it. Figured yeah. it out. You found your way through. There was no boiler or no coal boiler, to shovel. No, unfortunately, or, no clickety clack express for me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're here, and you could just give me a few pointers. You helped me set up the get the microphones all going today. And thanks, man. It, actually, the real thing that Baker helped out with was. Um, the, uh, the pile of wires. And if it was the movie Christmas Vacation, I was Chevy Chase and you were Johnny Galecki. And I said, Hey, Hey, can you untangle these, these, uh, Christmas lights? And it was just a big ball of, of, uh, cables. And I did. And so this podcast is happening because he succeeded at that. So welcome to the podcast, uh, new studio, um, new look website too. If you haven't been by greenroompod.com or bigchrisradio.com, Chris with a K, music news, comedy news, uh, guy gets hit in the dink with a baseball during a major league baseball game. You know, funny, weird stuff like that. And it's gorgeous. I like the new site, man. I've Thanks. been there. I checked it out. Everybody should check it out. What is it one more time? Bigchrisradio.com. Uh, I brought Baker along so he could just uh, congratulate me on everything. Congratulations for everything. That's why he's here. Yeah. I'm the yes man. Yes. Uh, it's been a crazy, I want to say month, month and a half for yours truly. Like basically since that podcast with Hillsburn, my life has fallen apart and then come back together and fallen apart and been put back together again. And, and, you know, normal life shit, like it's not like, you know, life or death and it's not like I'm having any marital problems, like all, everything, all the major cornerstones are intact. But uh, I feel like I have like broadcasting PTSD. Uh, at first, I guess I had my co-host at Big FM and Barry, which is where I've been doing the morning show since August. Uh, she quit abruptly. I got ghosted. You got ghosted? Yeah, I got ghosted. She blocked me on Facebook and Twitter. And the weirdest thing was that um, she didn't say anything. We did a show on a Friday and said, hey, all right, see you Monday. Have a great weekend. And then four hours later, I got a call from my boss who says, hey, uh, Susan quit. And, 
Yeah, right? Like, I, I didn't know what to make of that. Like, did I do something? Like, there was no real precursor. There was a bit of tensions, uh, but nothing that I thought was worth quitting over. Well, there the should time. be tension. That's what makes good radio, I think. Right. Lennon McCartney had tensions. Jagger Richards had tensions. That's good, I think. It's good to have multi-opinions, and I don't want a yes person. Like, Baker's been a great yes person for the last couple of minutes since he got here. But yes. <laughs> Uh, but I don't want a yes person in studio. I do need a challenge. I need a worthy opponent. Um, but I'm I'm sorry that she didn't feel that, that it was working out. Uh, and I, I'm still not privy to her reasoning or her reasons. So I, all I can say is I wish her the best. Um, but so, you know, so abruptly losing a co-host um, and then having a uh, cavalcade of guest comedians come in to help co-host, and then Mark Davis, who is our weekend kid at Big FM, he the uh, Lorenzo music of radio. Lorenzo music of radio. I don't recognize the reference, but is a Mary Tyler Moore reference? Uh, Mary Tyler Moore and Rhoda. And you Rhoda. Know Carlton, your doorman. Oh, dude. Sorry, man. The voice of Garfield. No, I, I mean I know the voice of Garfield. But I thought that was Bill Murray for some reason. I know the <laughs> the original voice. Um, Mark Davis has been doing a great job, uh, but I think it's dawned on him that that he's not going to get the gig uh, because he's a 26 year old guy. And you know what though? He there's that radio. It. He does deserve totally it. Totally deserves it. Worked I like him so man. hard. Work has been working his ass off. And if I could say about Mark Davis, I, he did me a real solid. We didn't even know each other. I had to pick up something, and it was after hours. And I phoned, and he's like, "Oh, dude, I hold on a second. I can help you out." And he came to the door and he like stuck an envelope on the door. It was just some form that I had to fill out. But yeah. nobody does that kind of thing, man. It was a locked building. It was a Saturday. Most people would have said, Monday to Friday, business hours, see you. Not him. And props to that, man. I think that's really awesome. And I've heard him cover every single shift. He can op. He can do it. He's got the personality. He's got the attitude. And he's got a distinct voice. Yeah. And somebody give Mark Davis a full-time job on air because he totally deserves it. He um, has a penis. And that's unfortunate because the radio formula, guy, girl, guy, girl in the morning, you know. And I'm looking forward to launching a new show. I really am. I'm looking forward to uh, whatever the new show is going to be like. But I feel bad that Mark could get shuffled back to just being part-time. That would suck because I think he'd make a great third. Even if he did do the guy-girl thing, he'd be a great third. I think he's fantastic. Oh, he, he, totally he's the guy that like when you say there's like a Loch Ness Monster, he'll go down to the lake and he'll jump in with a bacon strap to him and say, come on, man, bring it on, Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> he'll get out there and do stuff. And you don't see a lot of that. A lot of people are like, I'm gear. So true. And, and bless him because, you know, I've been going through this transitional phase and we'll get to other reasons why I've been a bit distracted and a bit, a bit down about things. Um, but I've been going through this phase and he has been that rock every morning, uh, and we've done some great radio together. Um, so thanks to him. Um, and even if it doesn't work out with him on the show, uh, I believe him in his broadcaster. Um, so that's been tough is just the transitional period. Uh, and I say radio PTSD because we also had a death and that's also why Baker's here. Uh, we decided to do this podcast. We lost a friend, a mutual friend of ours. Um, a uh, guy named Carrie Gray. Um, I worked with him at Y108. And if you listen to this podcast, if you subscribe and you've listened to previous episodes, there's uh, two episodes called Radio Family Part 1 and Radio Family Part 2 with myself and Ben McVie and Scott Penfold. And um, we all worked with Carrie at Y108 in Hamilton. And uh, we talked about how much he meant to us at the time. And he was alive at the time. Uh, um. You know, we were trying to do a fundraiser 
and raise money for his cancer care because he lives in the U.S. and that's expensive. And thankfully, uh, we did. And and Benny, especially through various events, um, helped raise even more money. And and it did look after Carrie until his last days. He had the best care in the United States, Mayo Clinic. I I mean I don't know much about American healthcare, but I know Mayo Clinic's a good. It doesn't get any better than that, man. That's cutting edge, the best of the best. And yeah. that is exactly what Carrie deserved, the best of the best. Because I know I have an awful lot of acquaintances. I have very few friends and I like it that way. And I consider Carrie a friend. He was, he lived radio. Like you said, Chris, he yeah. breathed radio. He lived radio. Um, the hierarchy in radio is if you're the morning guy, you're not. You are top of the station. That's you. You're it. That's the stuff. When you're an op, and that was my position at the time, you're not. You're kind of at the bottom. You do everything. like, And so he covered my shift one day. I wanted to go see my kid in the school play, and I had a shift, and I was like, oh, nobody would cover this shift. And I, and I mentioned it to Carrie, just saying, man, who do you think I could get to cover this, bud? I'm running out of people. He's like, buddy, I'll do it for you. Yeah. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, man, of course, no problem. What do I got to do? Show me the buttons. I'll do it for our shift. No problem. There Dude. was There was no home for Carrie Gray outside the radio studio. That was his his home that was his his base his center sure he would rent a home or he would buy a home or have a home with his family but the real home was the radio studio not the station the studio where the microphone was um he would do anything to be in that studio for any reason that's right and uh and for anybody and yeah, he steps up. He do things like that all the time. The boss's face was priceless, man. I'm like, <laughs> dude, I got to get my shift covered. Okay, Baker, who you got? Oh, Carrie's going to do it. From the morning show? Yeah. Yeah. Carrie Gray. Yeah. Guy who always wears shirts. Yes, Carrie. That guy. Gr- okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it was awesome. He was just, uh, and, and again, in previous episodes, we've explored things like the loft and how much ganja he smoked and his record collection and his unique perspectives on life. Um, he will be missed. And that really, really, really threw me for a loop. So I had, within the span of two weeks, my co-host quit and and Carrie died. And um, all around the same time. And we were launching a huge promotion with the radio station. We were going around to people's homes and garages and doing stand-up comedy. And, and of course I do stand-up comedy and I'm booking comedians. I'm in charge of this promotion. So I've got that hanging over top of my head, making sure this, this comedy tour is successful on behalf of the radio station. My reputation is based on it. It's my, it's my key to getting into Barry and getting to know some of the stand-up scene there and, and the comedians, you know, it was my way of, you know, helping get involved I really wanted it, so that was weighing on me. And then I turned 36 years old this past week. Oh, but you're a baby. 36 is nothing, man. Nothing. <laughs> no, man. You're young. I know. Everyone Everyone says it's young, but you need to understand, Bake, uh, that uh, I have a bit of a Peter Pan complex. I mean, I'm 36, and I still am a master of Assassin's Creed on the Sony PlayStation and smoke weed every day. Nothing wrong not, with that, man. I know, I know, but I'm saying it's not the average 36-year-old. Okay, yeah, all right. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> I, I don't want to grow up just yet. Who does? Nobody wants to grow up. There's no need to grow up. There's absolutely <laughs> no need for it. There's a bank full of people that are adults. That's all I need in my life. And, and 36, you know, 35 is one thing, but 36... You're officially in your late 30s. Like, 40s, not that far away. It's not. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to have a midlife crisis. Maybe I've already had it. Maybe I'll just be stoned for the whole thing. And that might be the easiest way to just ride it out. Probably not a bad thing. <laughs> uh, but that has also uh, been sitting in my head because um, those who know me best, Baker, you've heard me talk about this in Green Garage sessions off mic. 
uh, I I want to work on the air at the Edge in Toronto. <laughs> I don't think it's quite Disturbed. I don't think they play Disturbed anymore. Oh, really? Edge. No, I think it's more strumbellas and banjos and stuff. But that's okay. But the problem is, is that their their average listenership is the ages, as we say in radio, in the biz, eighteen to thirty four demographic. Well, now I'm 36. I'm two years older than the actual demographic at the edge. And this is the radio station I've desired uh, to work at my entire life. Oh, really? Well, I wouldn't say my life, but this is the format. You know, maybe see Fox Vancouver. I mean, a modern rock station in a big market. Right. They, that, props to the edge, man. That's how I got my start in radio. That little job that I got, a direct result of the edge. Really? Tell me yeah. the story. Well, they had a contest called the Moderately Paid Employee Program. Really? And yeah, well, they had the poorly paid in program, the great paid, but I was in the moderately paid employee. And what they were looking for was somebody to sit in the helicopter and call the traffic. Right. So you had to bring in your resume and they would pick through the resumes and then the bosses would bring it down to 50, the listeners would bring it down to five, and then the people in charge would do the last five. So I went down there and I had this resume of mine and it was for traffic. So I printed it on bright yellow paper, like a traffic ticket, because mm. it was my ticket to traffic, right? You know, I try to encompass everything in it. I dropped it off and I didn't hear anything. They didn't call me. And then I heard that, you know, the contest was underway. They'd narrowed it down to 50. And I'm like, what? Seriously? So what I did, I got myself a pickup truck and a generator and a 1200 watt PA. And I interrupted their morning show with my own traffic report right in the middle of Young Street, but it was awesome. Really? Yeah, man. <laughs> And, and the guy that was on air at the time, he's tapping his headphones like, I can hear some kind of, and he just looks out the window like, what in the world is going on out there? Who, who was that? And who that, was on the air? It was Dean Blendo. Was it Dean? Yeah. And he just looked and he just pointed at me and he just gave me the come here finger, like, get over here. And he's like, what are you doing out there? And I explained, you know, kind of what I just told you. He's like, buddy, we always need people like you in radio. Sit down here. When we come back from commercial, you think of everything that you can do. And you spit out your resume right here on the mic. And somebody at Y108 heard it and they called me and there I was. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I listened to Dean Blundell's podcast. Uh, I shouldn't be plugging another fucking podcast on my podcast, but that's what podcasts do. It's just a circle jerk of plugging each other's podcasts. Interactive networking. Yeah. Um, and he's recently, maybe I'll turn the volume down on my computer here. He's recently um, started podcasting again because he his contract was up with Fan 590 in Toronto. And uh, I guess he's, he, he said on Twitter he's retired from radio. Um, I don't believe that. We're never retired. I've seen a thousand people on my friends list on Facebook say, that's it, I'm done. I'm cutting hair for a living or I'm going into mortgages or I'm going to be a beer rep or I'm going to go into record business. And... They always end up announcing six, seven months, a year later. Back on the air, couldn't stay away. Dude, two biggest lies in the world. I'm quitting radio. I'm quitting Facebook. Yeah, right? Right. Exactly. Sure you yeah. are. Bull fucking shit. If you were going to quit, you would quit. You wouldn't tell everybody, hey, it's not like, hey, I'm leaving this party. No, go. So he had a friend of mine, uh, Clifford Myers, who uh, was on his podcast. He's a stand-up comic out of Hamilton, uh, who, by the way, is in Barrie, Ontario tonight at Perplexity. Uh, with uh, Ariana Pyle. She runs that show, Friday Night Perplexity. It's an escape room. Cool. Uh, what is the date today? Uh, today is the uh, 7th of April. So 7th Friday of April. the 7th of April. Cool. Uh, I'm going to go down and see if I can get on that show because it would tickle me pink to do a stand-up set uh, uh, in front of Clifford. Sure. But anyways, Clifford is on, was on uh, Dean's podcast and uh, Clifford had made a comment on the latest episode that um, he grew up listening to Dean because he grew up in Oshawa and grew up listening to him in high school. And Clifford said, yeah, this is what a lifetime of listening to Dean Blundell 
uh, as a teenager has done. I'm an unemployed stand-up comic from Hamilton. You know nice. what I mean? Like yeah, this, yeah. this is this is your people, Dean. Uh, and uh, all I could think was, uh, I didn't grow up listening to him in high school, but I grew up in the industry listening to Dean. I grew up uh, in radio listening to his bits from Cornwall, Ontario, from Ottawa, Ontario, from Pembroke, Ontario, from Kingston. Um, And because it wasn't that I knew who he was or that I grew up listening to him, I knew that he was the morning guy at The Edge, and he's there for a fucking reason. And I should listen to what he's doing um, because that's how I could get there. Anyways, that's where my kind of obsession with The Edge started, was Dean. Right. Um, and I just always sort of as a professional, as a broadcaster, wanted to talk to that audience, wanted to be on the streets of Toronto, wanted to be involved with that. So now that I'm 36, you know, it feels like my window is closing and quickly on working there. Um, and it feels like the edge has changed in terms of the type of broadcasters they want. Absolutely. Uh, cause obviously Dean doesn't work there anymore either. Um, so maybe that train has sailed, as Austin Powers would say. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You're only as old as you sound and as old as you want to be. And that's one of the beauties of, well, the old days of radio and nobody knew what you look like. Sure, yeah. now it's a little bit different because we can see everybody and everybody has Twitter and Facebook. Well, and, and that's the other pictures. thing. That's the other thing, too, is I don't have 12,000 followers on Twitter. I don't. And, um, you know, I, I, I try. You know, I try and gain followers. It's hard, though. Sure um, and... I refuse to take shortcuts, you know what I mean, with social media. Like, uh, for example, you see young female broadcasters who post a lot of selfies of them half nude in the studio or or smoking a bong in a really frilly, lacy, thin, loose tank top. You know what I mean? Sure. They, they, post, these, they post these selfies just for likes, and they know what they're doing. They're doing it to build their social media profile because it's marketable. If you have 12,000 likes on Facebook or if you have 12,000 followers on Twitter, then you, no matter if they're creeps or not, no matter if they're invested in what you have to say or invested in your content, it still is marketable to a media outlet or a radio station. Right. Um, I don't have 12,000 followers. I think I have 2,000 followers on Twitter and Facebook, which is better than some, but it's not. it's not the type that people at the edge would say, oh, wow, he's really plugged in with social media. We have to hire him. You know right. what I mean? Like I hear you. So 36 is, you know, maybe I'm not as social media savvy as a lot of millennials out there. Maybe I'm drying up a bit. Maybe I'm living in fucking Newmarket in the suburbs. Maybe. But you don't look like you're in your 30s. That's the thing, too. Buddy. Do I you're not? Still, you're still looking like you're around 27 or so. Yeah, you're a, you're a good-looking Even guy. Even though I've man. lost all my hair? I've lost all your hair. Come on, bud. Everybody's lost their hair. Nobody's got <laughs> hair anymore. Hair is in the past, bud. It's all about piercings and tattoos now. Maybe I should get some piercings then. Maybe that's what I need. Yeah, I'd keep it above your sleeve, though. Above the sleeve, under the collar. Yeah? Yeah. So if I just flopped my man titty out on Ross McLeod's desk with a with a nipple ring on it, you think he'd hire me? Maybe. <laughs> Let's go right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. Anyways, back to Carrie. Uh. So those are my anxieties. That's why things have been shitty for me lately. And and you know what? The fact that I have to live in Newmarket in a beautiful three story fucking house with my beautiful wife. Yeah. Oh, and she's I, pretty, bud. Thanks, man. Pretty. And I drive half an hour to Barrie to do a radio show every day in the morning, and I'm done by noon to knock off and do podcasts with my stoner friends. Yeah. Um. 
Life is pretty good, and honestly, to live in Newmarket, to live in the suburbs of Toronto, and to only drive half an hour every day for work, and to live in a beautiful home with an actual bit of a yard and a driveway, that, to most people, is the Canadian dream. Sure it is. It's the Canadian dream. That And, and, and why should I be so upset? I went through depression when we moved out here in December. Like, I, was, I thought it was over, man. I'm unplugged. I have no friends out here. You know, I, I, I felt disconnected in, in all these different things, emotions that were not real, just depression. Sure. December is hard too, you know, the winter months. Uh, moving is one of the most psychologically difficult things you can possibly do when everything you own is in a truck. Yeah. You know, first of all, your old house is a mess. It's a shambles because you're taking everything out. Yep. Then everything you own is in a truck. That's yeah. hard. And then you move to your new place. What do you spend the next six months doing? Unpacking. Looking for stuff. Yeah. Unpacking. Where is it? It's in a box. Oh, God. Which box? Oh, it's the first thing we brought in. So it's at the bottom of the pile? Oh, I don't know. Somewhere. <laughs> Let's get is. a new one. Life isn't that bad. No, it's all you know, right. It's great. Life, in, as a matter of fact, it's fucking awesome. Sure it is, The man. only piece of my puzzle that's missing is I'm not in living in Toronto and I'm not on the edge. I am the only person who desires to live in under 900 square feet. I'm trying to escape it, man. I want to get out of I Toronto. I know. Everybody wants out. Everybody wants to come out here. And that's what I have to keep telling myself is that, man, everybody wants the square footage we have. Everybody wants the yard that we have. All I want to do is live in a little tiny cramped condo and be able to walk down the street uh, and hear three different languages on my way to work and, uh, uh, you know, and have a member of parliament that doesn't want to put all the gays in jail. That's really all I all I want. But but that kind of those little details fucking eat at me. man. Do they really they fucking eat at me? Because it's an unfinished puzzle. Yeah. You know what I mean? To my perfect life. Uh, and it just ugh, eats at me. It's been a rough transition. And then Carrie was like the uh, was the cherry on top. Yeah, that sucked. And um, now we're going to bring down the mood a little bit and fucking... You know what? You could bring down the mood if you want to. You you can... Cancer sucks. Yeah. Cancer sucks, bottom line. And you can bring down the mood all you want. But the thing is, when you're talking about Carrie, there's no bringing down the mood, buddy. He was pure energy. He was total energy. What was it that Benny had on his Facebook... Rest in energy. Rest in energy. There's That's no right. peace There's for that no guy. There's no peace for that he guy. He was just man. a ball of energy. He wasn't happy when he was peaceful, man. Carrie used to fit about 29 or 30 hours into a 24-hour day. It was crazy the amount of stuff he'd do. He was popping up everywhere. Yeah. He was a good friend. He was a good guy. He was tons of energy. I can't say enough about him. I have some funny-ass stories with Carrie. And just when know. did you first meet Carrie Baker? When was the first moment you met him? I was opping at Y, and. Uh, they had a new show. The morning show had gotten moved on to something else. And they wanted to start a new morning show, a brand new year. And uh, they wanted to start it with a 13-hour shift. They're going to have them start at 5 in the morning and go right until, what's 13 hours? 6 o'clock at night. And uh, they needed an op. And I was like, do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I want to meet new people. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And I didn't even know who they were. I had no idea at the time. And they walked in. He's like, hi, I'm Ben McVie. I'm like, Ben McVie? You're the first guy in radio I recognize. I got to work with that I'd heard you know, when I was younger on air. I was like, oh, dude, this is awesome. So I spent uh, 13 hours in the Y108 studio with those two their first wow. day. So yeah. that was your first meeting was really getting up close and personal with Carrie. Yeah, totally up close and personal. And did you guys, you guys get high? Like you guys smoke some weed? No, the first meeting? no, no, really? we didn't actually. But you know what? The funny thing was at the end of the day, um, as soon as I shut the mic off for like the last break, they're like, okay, right on, take care, click. They're out the door. They're gone, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll put stuff away. I don't mind. And I walk over and I see this piece of paper on the floor and I look at it. I read it. It says, let's get high, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Because I guess they didn't know that I was in on it. Like they didn't right. know, you know, they I didn't, didn't know care cool. if they took Yeah, because yeah, I was, you know, the boss said, this guy's going to babysit you, right? Yeah. And so obviously they run off. I, 
I was prepared for that. No, they should have handed it to me. But okay, that's fine. So mean little baker obviously writes a note in pretty girl handwriting because the big boss was a girl at that station. I write this pretty note that says, boys, I'm very disappointed. This is not the way we act out here at Y108. But in order to keep the continuity of your show, we won't mention this until afterwards. But come and see me in my office. Oh, funny as crap, man. And just the tension in the room, eh? And I was like, hey, did you get my note? Buddy! Little notes that say, let's get high would pop up all the time at Y108. It was almost a joke because if we were talking about something and, and then all of a sudden someone said, hey, you know what we should do, guys? And then everyone would buy into it. Like, oh, because like, they would think it would be, you know, hey, you know what we should do for a contest on the air, guys? You know what we should do, guys? And then it would go sign for two seconds. We need to get fucking high. <laughs> it would be like this joke that we'd play on each other. We'd sneak attack people with, we need to get high, buddy. That studio, and why I want to wait, I don't know if, I, maybe we didn't cover this in past podcasts, but there was a giant Hamilton Tie Cats fist. You know those big foam yes. fists you can get at sporting events? We kept that Tie Cats fist in the studio. And uh, it always had a bag of weed in it. <laughs> it was the community emergency stash. Like, yeah, just in case. We all need one. In case you're code red. You needed that. Code red. Yeah. Buddy, I'm code red. Yeah. Come over. Yeah. Um, and there was always in the Y108 studio a mug with pens. As there is in most radio studios or most a lot of workplaces, there's always a mug, a pen mug. But if you looked real closely, there was a glass pipe <laughs> for emergency use and yeah. a lighter. You know, just in case. Break break this glass in case of emergency kind of kind but of. But dude, pipe. that building was set up for parties. You know, like it was, it was awesome. If you went next door to the Kelsey's, remember there was a Kelsey's oh, restaurant yeah. next door, licensed, obviously. Yeah. If you went around to the very back table, there was like this door. If you opened that door, it went into the stairwell right to Y108. So you could actually just prop that door open, run into your break room back, finish oh, your beer fuck. room back and forth. And if you made a left, up the stairs, out onto the roof. It was beautiful. Those stairwells, uh, Carrie used to do what he called the smokeless hit. And <laughs> there was no such thing as a smokeless hit. That's right. By the way. But that's where he would take a glass pipe and fill it and 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 smoke the bowl, but inhale it for so long. And I've heard like hardcore stoners call this zeroing out or you zero out where you just hold it in so long that when you exhale, there's no there's no smoke. Can't be good for you. It can't be good for you. So that's what he did the smokeless hit. But there is still vapor smoke smell that comes out of your lungs. You reek like a joint factory. Yeah. And so he would do those quite frequently in the stairwells, like the the back corner one that goes down to Kelsey's. And so I'm always early for work, right? For lots of reasons. And uh, so I'm sat there and it's like an hour before the shift. And all of a sudden, you know, the light goes wink, 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 wink. I'm like, hello. And of course it's Carrie. Hey, buddy, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you think I'm doing, man? I'm sitting here going to halfway. Listen, buddy, I got a flat tire. Can you help me out? I'm like, you got a flat tire? Where? I'm on the highway behind the station, but I got to be one of his charges. Piece of shit cars, too. Yeah, the, the, the Chevy or no, it was the Oldsmobile, whatever it was. And uh, he's like, buddy, can you help me out? I'm like, of course I can help you out, but I'm opping. What am I going to do? He's like, And Carrie had like an identic memory. He could remember stuff like you wouldn't believe. He's like, okay, buddy, I remember they played like uh, the Eagles, Guns N' Roses, and something else in the midnight hour. So those are good. Put those on. Should give you 15, 20 minutes. How long do you need? 
I'm like, really? Because he knew if they played at midnight, it was safe to play them right. again because you have to have six hours of separation between artists or songs. Yeah, music or rules. Right, yeah. yeah, radio rules. And I was like, okay, here we go. So I throw on this long set of music and I run down the stairs and I jump in my car and I get onto the highway and I boot and I pull up with my jack and I jack up Carrie's car. And he's like, I'm like, Carrie, where's your spare? He's like, uh, spare? What do you mean, buddy? I'm like, oh, dude. <laughs> it was up to you to bring the spare. I was too, supposed yeah. to bring the spare. I'm like, oh, buddy, man, give me the keys to your trunk. But sure enough, there was one in there, flat. So I had to get it the air compressor. And I'm looking at my watch going, oh, man, I got to be back before the end of the next. But I made it, you know? Uh, but it was awesome. Carrie had the worst car troubles terrible problems car troubles. i i mean some of them were self-made sure but he just constantly kept uh re-upping on shitty old cars like i don't remember how many cars in like the two years that i worked with him and lived in hamilton how many cars he had but it seemed like every six weeks there was a new shitty oldsmobile or a new shitty old fucking chevy or a shitty old ford or a shitty old shit box it doesn't matter if i could say shit one more time i will <laughs> kept finding these 500 dollars cars that would just get him by yep the king of band-aid solutions oh for sure <laughs> buddy buddy do you have any bubble gum what <laughs> i gotta fix this yeah. whole thing in my car i just need a piece of gum what i remember <laughs> Once we were at an event, we went out and did a, a station like live from somebody's garage thing, and he was giving me a lift home. We got pulled over by the cops. Honest to a fault, right? Um, I don't know exactly whether he was honest at the time, but he was. He did. He was. He had his license suspended, yeah. and he was driving on a suspended license. And the cops knew he was, and they were trying to find him. And I <laughs> happened to be in the car when they found him for driving on a suspended license, and they pulled us over. And <laughs> they, uh, they, they asked. I, I said, "Officer, you know, if maybe I could drive the car home. You know, like I have a license. Maybe I could. You know." So we don't have to impound and go through the whole rigmarole and get us stranding on the side of the highway here. Maybe I could, you know, drive this car home. He takes my license back to his car. Now, I'm not saying I have an incredible driving record, <laughs> but I've never drank and drove. I've never really done anything bad. I think the worst thing I've ever done is got busted without a uh, seatbelt on. But there's been a lot of those incidents. <laughs> <laughs> Not 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 like big ones, but there was just a string of very small minor infractions all in a row. And the cop came back to the car and said, uh, I'm not letting either of you guys drive this oh, no. car away. He's like, your, your rap sheet is as long as my arm. But of course, obsessive Chris starts getting into the... But officer, is it really that bad? Like, I totally forgot that Carrie is having his car impounded and we're about to get stranded on the side of the road. I'm trying to argue with the cop about how bad my driving record is. It's not that bad, is it? Fucking narcissistic asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and they impounded it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that was one of many impounds for Carrie. <laughs> I remember when he got away with That's why I was asking if he was being honest to a fault. Because there was one point Carrie got pulled over. He's flying on the highway. He's doing like 156 or That was the or original was. infraction. And the cop pulled him over and he's like, can I see your license? And Carrie's like, sorry, buddy, I don't have one of those. And he's like, okay, well, you know, your plates are expired. Yeah. Can I see your insurance? Sorry, I, I, I don't have that with me either. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? And this is like, come on, in Ontario, if you're going over 50 kilometers over the limit, oh, they yeah. impound your car automatically. Yeah, exactly. Carrie, is, he's just such a nice and honest guy. The cop let him go. 
And I'm like, how come that never happens to me? Yeah, I know. You know, but honesty, I guess, might be the best policy. Yeah. One of a kind individual with a killer record collection. I, uh, I listen, I've been listening to the Rolling Stones nonstop since Gary. Yeah. I, he gave me, uh, love you live by the Stones. Cool. Um, and it scratched to hell because he didn't really look after his records. No, (laughs) no, but But it, uh, it's a special album now and it hasn't left my turntable for the last three, four weeks. And, um, I'll play a little clip of that while we wrap up this episode, uh, because there's not, there's legalities we can't spin tunes on the podcast, but there is, it's the Mick Jagger dialogue in between two songs that he and I, Carrie and I, killed ourselves laughing to. Mick Jagger, it was in prime Rolling Stones, just drunken, fiendish. Love You Live, and uh, we had a good laugh at the band introduction. So Mick Jagger's introducing every member of the band and then riffing with the audience and hitting on members of the audience. And, you know, anyways, we'll play that to finish off this podcast. But uh, before we wrap it up, Baker, any last uh, Carrie-isms, stories? Um, Well, as, as far as I'm concerned, as long as somebody's in your mind, in your heart, um, you're never dead. You live forever. So as long as we always keep carrying our hearts and minds, he's always here. And what more can I say, man? I love the guy and I'll always think of him and I look forward to meeting him again one day. He lives on on my turntable and in my heart and mind. So Baker, thanks for coming over, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. This has been a lot of fun. It's been great. It's been great to break the podcast silence again. And uh, hopefully this will be the string of some new episodes to come. And... Um, Thanks again, man. That's all I have to say. This is like Chris therapy is what this is. Oh, and I wanted to mention, if, if you do ever want to hear any Carrie, I have a bunch saved. You got to check out his Blaze Mannequin page. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, that's right. Baker has a website too. We should plug your website. Thanks, man. Uh, Bakersound.net? Bakersound.com. Oh, dot .com, sorry. Yeah, two Ks in Baker. B-A-K-K-E-R-S-O-U-N-D.com. Dot .com. And uh, you've got clips on that website. Yeah, of- there's a whole Blaze Mannequin page. Carrie asked me, uh, you know, in the last year or so, he was sending me stuff. He's like, buddy, will you post that for me? Of course I will. Really? Yeah. Dude, I would do anything for you. All right, man. And because, and again, we, because we've, I don't know how else to describe Carrie about how much he loves the medium of radio, but as he was battling cancer, and even at the worst, he would still spin records on his turntable and do a like a, a radio show into a recorder and he would email those shows to myself to Baker to a few different friends of his who knew that we'd just get a kick out of it and uh so that's what those recordings are that you have on on and Blaze Mannequin being his alter ego that's right and if anybody wants to send anything any pictures or any anything fire them off to us man. yeah for, for sure. sure I'll post them get a hold um and you know there's I've, I've got clips of Carrie too but um I'm kind of hanging on to them. I, I don't know whether they're in context or or what. Sure. But um, maybe one day they'll see the light of day. But we'll wrap up with the band introductions from the Rolling Stones' Love You Live, where Carrie and I laughed till we had tears in our eyes. Are you feeling good? You feeling loose now? You feel more relaxed? I feel like stroking everybody. 
choke me, Billy. Straight, me darling. Um, should we, uh, should we introduce the band? All right then. Where's Billy? Billy's gone. Billy? That's Billy. <laughs> Billy. Billy's very open for offers. I wouldn't say he was up for grabs, but open for offers. Ollie, Ollie Brown is, is dead open. Charlie Watts is a sort of maybe. Bill Wyman just wants to take photographs of girls' legs. Ronnie Wood's gay. And old Bums Rush Jagger here. Yeah? Keith, of course, is completely straight. This was another edition of The Green Room, podcast imaging written and produced by Quarter Inch Creative Services. Hear more at greenroompod.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.